0: And the glories that would follow. Now, um, the prophets here would be the Old Testament prophets. That's what, that's what, um, which, which was the, the Old Testament prophecy was the chief source of um, New Testament teaching by the apostles who began to see the Old Testament stories in this new life, which is precisely what what Peter is now doing for these Christians. He's explaining, articulating how their life in Christ fulfills these Old Testament prophetic um, proclamations. So they searched and inquired of the grace that would come. Um, And and a couple things here uh, I wanted to highlight was that um, he testified beforehand um we, we I mentioned there were two more in so at the beginning of 1 Peter it said that God uh, predestined us he knew ahead of time now now this is the prophets who um who are um testified beforehand which uh is one word that means a witness that came before the thing actually happened and now, what he testified of is really important, and this requires a, a, a digression. What did, he, what, what did the prophets testify of? According to Peter, it's not a, mystery,
1: not a secret, Just reading the verse. Yeah. Hmm? Messiah? Messiah?
2: Messiah?
0: So More so particularly, just read your, your verse, uh-huh. don't, don't, don't guess. It's <laughs> of the, it of the grace. Outside of yeah. grace
1: that would come to you. Um,
0: no, testify beforehand of what?
2: The sufferings. The sufferings.
0: That Christ would suffer. Just write this out. It's, it's in verse, in verse 11. <laughs> he testified beforehand when he, t- of the sufferings of Christ and yes. the glories of Paul. But that's not the prophets testifying. <laughs> that's Christ testifying. The spirit of Christ in the prophets. Okay.
2: The prophets said there would be suffering.
0: So I, I want to, suffered. um. I want to highlight something here that this that this thing that Peter is, is the, the the point of suffering is so central because um, one of the the primary places this kind of hearkened to me was Luke's gospel, um, where in all in the in the, in the uh, two resurrection accounts that are most prominent in Luke's, Luke's gospel, um, which are the road to Emmaus account. Where two men walk with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. This is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through um, 35, or actually you could go to 43. Um, the two men walk with Jesus, and they're um, they're puzzled. They're walking with the risen Christ, which is its own weird weird story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're puzzled about something what are they puzzled about is they, are we familiar with that story yep. <clears throat> what are they puzzled about why he died the burning yeah. in there what why did he die so the puzzlement is there's this death yeah, or suffering let's just let's just death suffering mm. and then but somehow that in their way of understanding didn't connect with Jesus being the messiah
2: because they they thought that Messiah would restore Israel to its former glories that that they were you know grief stricken that that didn't happen and they're 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 wondering you know what happened
0: and, and so they didn't things. understand how the death of Jesus, the suffering mm-hmm. death of Jesus related to this restoration of Israel right. Mm-hmm. Now, I would offer to us that um, this remains the central place of stumbling for people today. Mm-hmm. You present a crucified Messiah who doesn't seem to be solving the problems. Mm-hmm. How does this pertain to the salvation of the world? So let's look in, I just want to highlight a couple of verses because this, this is very significant. Um,
1: so, at the end
0: of his talk, these two men walk with Jesus for seven miles, and he, ex- he expounds to them in the scripture in the prophets and the writings, all the things concerning himself. And they're still like, uh huh <laughs> um, And
1: then we get to verse... Um,
0: 44, Luke twenty-four, forty-four. he said to them, these are the words which I spoke while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And verse 45 is, is significant. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer. You see that light on that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, so they, they opens their mind to understand the scriptures he opens their minds to understand how the suffering of the Messiah was the necessary foundation for the for for, for the the for entering the glory now, what if Jesus spent seven miles uh walking with them, talking in the scriptures about the suffering, what what passage do you think he talked about? What, what prophecies would have been the subject of this?
2: Isaiah 53?
0: Isaiah 53, well, almost undoubtedly. What does Isaiah 53 say?
2: It's, I guess, it, the suffering servant.
0: He was wounded for our transgressions. <laughs> he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was appointed by his stripes. We read by his sufferings. We are healed. Um, other things related to that.
2: Psalm 22.
0: What's that? Psalm 22. Psalm 22, <laughs> Psalm 22 which, which the Jews would have understood to be on the mouth of David and the Messiah. What are are the key words in Psalm 22?
2: My God, my God. My God, my God, why are you forsaken? They pierced my hands and my feet.
0: So how is it that the Messiah is forsaken by God? These are things that that the people didn't understand how Jesus was the Messiah. That's
1: why he's quoting it on the cross for them. (laughs) Here. Here. The other all of us. phenomenon or stories or or um, his appearance to the Mary's after
0: he was risen. Well, we're talking Old Testament
2: now. Well, we got okay. Abraham, Abraham and his.
0: Abraham, what about Abraham?
2: Yeah, asked to, su- to sacrifice his son, his only son.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why, is, why is he offering his son? Mm-hmm. Why is he told to sacrifice his son?
2: God now himself why God provide the sacrifice. And God
0: provides the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it in, in a sense, it goes back to the beginning of Genesis where the problem of sin requires suffering. Why? Well, it, in the scriptures, Sin must be covered. So when God covers it, he covers it with an animal skin, which Genesis doesn't tell us this, but animals don't live without their skin. So that animal died. You, you had for the covering of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, the implicit death of an animal.
1: I see a difference, though, between death and suffering. And that, I'm just thinking this out loud, yeah. that the death of those animals could have been quick and swift and, and maybe they didn't suffer. So yes it required death but in my mind there's a difference between that and and suffering.
0: So those, those animals in fact I think you know this is a, a certainly a point of, <clears throat> of kosher killing that um, the Jewish people would uh, kill the sacrificial animals in the most humane of ways, which would be to um, really string them up and, and, and let the blood drain out without, the, uh, without just unlike, for example, in a lot of uh, the packing houses we have where they, they, they're filled with anxiety because they know exactly what's coming up as they go in. So, they, so kosher slaughter had a different, and, Pet, and
2: you just have to think that when God killed the animals to, to clothe um and eat, he didn't create suffering
1: yeah
2: no, so that, so
0: that no, this is a good point um, but again these are the substitutionary animals um not the not and so they stand in for humans but 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 um when we get to the human who fulfills that, Yes. What, what must be? What must be? Um, and this is something Hebrews brings out about this. The sacrificial animals—they were uh, uh, an interim, inadequate. I mean, <clears throat> eternally inadequate because they weren't willing. If you had said, "Hey, you want to do this?" You know, no, I'll, I'll go this way. But our Lord in the garden, when he has this agony, I don't want to do this, but I will. So the submission of his will to god and and the um, the passion is that suffering that comes to the human condition the necessary suffering that comes to the human condition to, to 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 serve God in our lives for Christ, the necessary suffering that came to him was to die for the sins of the world that was his vocation um, now. To
2: get back to suffering, um, Bishop, can I can I just um, please, I think please. I remember you talking about how, in a sense, I don't know if it was you or Father Hayden, but in a sense, when you had to sacrifice an animal, here is a live being that you know loses its life. It really did emphasize the the gravity of sin that you actually watched this animal die. That it that it's it was. That maybe the animal didn't suffer, but it was it was emphasizing how how bad sin really was, in a sense.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I think in this most cultures before ours, almost everybody was in touch with animals dying to give us meat. Um, I, we had a uh, couple move from here to Indiana, and they bought a little a big enough place to raise their own food on certain levels and and I was talking to the husband who bought a lamb and they they he would he would raise it and 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 they would they would prepare meat with it so it was very profound to understand that this animal is giving his life for our sustenance and so the so it's a good point i think with you know in in terms of uh, what Diane raised it wasn't suffering on the animal but it there's a certain kind of thing with the people who participated in it that you realize this is there's gravity to what's happening here, and certainly that was the the um, experience of temple worship, which was oriented around the daily sacrifices. This sin is a big deal, and and it's it's, it's also why the cross is always the offense because we shy away from it. We don't want really to have that be the case. We don't want to have to. And that's why all, all um, false religion ends up running from the cross and suffering. We want, to do we, we, we want a nice way to be saved that doesn't require the reality of dealing with sin. And that's, that's the ancient Gnostic faith. That's sort of, there, but it, it's where your salvation comes simply by esoteric knowledge not by moral transformation, um, but the, but the animal doesn't give his life; it's taken
1: from him. Either way, he doesn't have it anymore.
0: Well, he doesn't have a choice. what we just said. We just said it. Jesus was fulfilled it because he was willing. The animals weren't willing, but there, but in God's provision for things, that's how He provides the reality to atone for sin between. The Garden of Eden and
1: Good Friday. I have a point about,
0: or I wanted to ask you about suffering. I know a number of Christians that believe that suffering is of the devil. Isn't that God didn't create suffering? And what you're speaking about is God certainly created suffering because that's the way to salvation. So let's so let's 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 go back. I mean, there's an interesting. Um, Reflection here, I mean, the standing of the Garden of Eden is an interesting um, uh, place to root, I think, my, my meditation on suffering. So, when Eve, um, their interest in the garden, it's all great, life's great, the garden, their wife, everyone. And then the serpent comes in and says, here, um, here eat this. She says, no. And just well, God doesn't want you to do it because He knows that if you do it, you'll be like Him. he doesn't want you to do that. So she she looks at it as desirable. So to say no to that desire would have been a form of suffering. To want something Deniers. that you that you don't get to have is some is 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 and so what I, I think I see in in the Genesis narrative was not uh, because they sinned they they ended up with the suffering of guilt shame fear separation that certainly is true but it was it was the a choice of 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 trial or or struggle between denying my own fulfillment of desire in order to do the will of God or doing what I want and suffering the natural consequence of my disobedience. But either way, there was some sort of pain. And that really informs the Christian life still. We can choose to do whatever we want to do, and then we get a sense of alienation from God and guilt, and and, and, or we can, uh, this is what Peter is saying about suffering, is we're sharing in the sufferings of Christ, when we willingly obey, which means we're going to have to forego some things we want to have, because we believe that Jesus, the life he's given us, there's fulfillment beyond this thing. And even then, we know that the thing itself that offers it to us is a temporal thing and probably isn't all that, because that's that's what temporal life is like. It's like, oh, you have this, it you be all great, and you have that, it's like, oh, that's a good day, and I need <laughs> tomorrow. It doesn't. So that's, that's how we get captive to it, because we continue to pursue it. But the point is, just to stay in the, in the broad point, is in the garden, there was suffering required of Eve and Adam to say no to that which looked attractive and trust God. Which, which gets back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he, where he says, I don't want to do this. I desire not to have pain. <laughs> But I'm willing to embrace the, 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 um, this to, to uh, as Sebris says, to taste death for us all in order to save us from the sting of death. He doesn't save us from the vocation. So in a certain sense, in Christ, through baptism and faith, we're restored to the, to the uh, original vocation. So it's not just going back there because we're not innocent like the garden. We're, we're becoming more mature, but our vocation is still that we can live in union with God in Christ and the spirit, and we're supposed to do the things, and we're, but we can live this life in communion, but it still requires we say no to the things that look attractive that aren't of God in order to, to endure in, um, you know, in, in that place. And then, you know, of course, we, we don't always do that perfectly, so we have a thing called confession, grace and forgiveness because we still struggle with our weakness but um, and I actually think that in my own life I'll just I just say that part of my learning has been in my own stumbles when you when you maybe don't exactly do what God wants you to do and you but you find yourself in this place that feels distant mm-hmm. and feels guilty mm-hmm. And you say, "I don't want to be here," and that's, I think, what ultimately fuels our our willingness to obey is I, we realize nothing is worth leaving this place of connection with God. We see temptation for what it is partly by trial and error. Do that anymore, and so, um, so we choose this pain, this kind of sharing in the suffering of Christ, which is simply, again, it's not like life is always agonized. There's no joy in it, but it involves a struggle to do what God wants us to do. That brings some kind of joy. It brings, a, uh, it brings that kind of joy, but it also brings with it, because in a certain way, I, I, the gospel puts, kills the illusion that this world is perfectible, that it can completely fulfill us. And so there's, that's part of the Part of, this, of the inherent sadness of the human condition is the realization this is not it. There are tastes of it here in the communion of the saints and in the extension of that into other places where we enjoy fellowship in Christ, but we're always going to lose it. What we have is this thing, and that's joy. And to 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 see things in this world the right way as... As a sacramental taste of the ultimate thing, where we enjoy what it is, but are able to let go and move forward, that's the quintessential, I think, pattern of the Christian life. And idolatry is the other way. It, it sees the thing and it holds on to the thing. I have to I have the money to go there. And And then we're, you know, and you, you try to hold on to that which you can't hold on to, and it becomes... Some kind of so history. you said something about Marian's missing her mother and that is a sacramental thing. So that is a taste of of being with God. I think that's right. Yeah. I think, I think so that's we're supposed to mind. be. I to I think we're supposed to be signs for each other in that way, where we provide in the communion of the saints. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's a real relational reality that we enjoy in Christ and the spirit. There's a real thing now that points us to something today when it won't end because there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, but it's sacramental. And, and um, so you ever contemplate not only the suffering of Christ but the suffering of the Godhead. For instance, the story of Noah would be a, a prime example. I think God grieved that he ever made humankind. So he was suffering, perhaps. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there's people in the light of what Peter tells us, he knew ahead of time and it's not news to him. But maybe the framework we're talking about provides some
1: um, understanding
0: of of just this duality of emotionality that we're talking about, that God has this grand plan that knows ahead of time he's going to do it. But as it unfolds, and in the historical moment where this thing happens, there's still the grief over this thing. It's not a mystery. It's not like, oh, no, I have to do this now. But it's it's so that it relates to us. We know where we're going, but when we encounter this thing, we're still not grieving without hope, but there's grief. So that, that might make some sense of that.
1: And then one last, so I just want to highlight this point uh, to going on to Luke. Um, actually, um,
0: the truth be told, when I quoted you in Luke 20, uh, 24 45, I quoted you the second, um, the second uh, statement of, it was necessary Christ said, so the first one to the road to Emmaus is in verse 25, where he says to the two men he's walked to for seven miles teaching the scriptures. O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. <clears throat> Ought not the Christ who have suffered these things? And written glory? and explained it to themselves, and so he opened their eyes with that. So, so that is the, the essential thing. And um, so getting back now to Peter. Peter.
1: Um,
0: that he testified of the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow is really a theme right out of Luke and right out of, but this is the main thing that, that the, the first century believers were given to understand that, that the Jewish leadership in general and others did not understand that this is exactly what God, what God needed to do to save the world. So to know that and see that is, is to see is to understand, is to is to get, is to be part part. That's that's what's necessary to come into this reality.
1: And uh and
0: so what he he goes on to say in verse twelve to them it was revealed, to the prophets it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us that are ministering the things which have now been reported to you, to those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, thing which angels desire to look into. What he's saying is, the prophets witnessed ahead of time of future things. Now those, the apostles have come to you, now this is all being fulfilled now. And so you're embracing it, you're get, you are the recipients of the good news that prophets desired, and now you see. And Jesus said that, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and didn't see it. Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. Interesting, uh, that things which angels desire to look into, which lets us know that angels don't have yeah. omniscience. And there's another uh, interesting uh, passage in Ephesians we read at Morning Prayer the other day um, that, um, or somewhere, uh, (laughs) where um, St. Paul presents this mystery unfolding of the gospel as God's testimony to the angels and principalities Mm -hmm. and powers who don't get it. Because that's, that's partly even the demonic fall is that they didn't get what God was doing and rejected the plan. If you at, at, in, in uh, and I think it's even at the Last Supper, I think it's despising the humility of Jesus and and the way that God's going about this thing. So I, I think even at the Last Supper you see Judas it says he says literally John says that, that Satan entered him, but I think he may really have despised Jesus washing their feet And so we get back to the to the to the uh, creation of angels, and angels are called to serve and I, I want to be like the Son of God, I don't want to be this. And so the human tendency to, to reject humility, to lift yourself up, pride cometh before the fall. But let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not think it robbery to be equal to God, but made himself no reputation and humbled himself. Therefore God is highly exalted in him. So the way to glory is through humility and service and um, that sounds good when we say it, except when we're called to it in each of our lives to to, to
1: enter into it. <laughs> um, that's the pathway.
0: It's necessary for the Christ to suffer, to be humbled, to redeem our humanity, and to show us what we're supposed to do. That's... This is what humans were supposed to do. They were supposed to do what God wanted. They were supposed
1: to obey when tempted. And and, and so so angels are, are trying to figure out what God is doing.
0: Therefore, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace which is brought to you with the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, be ye also holy in all your conduct, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Now, John Cruz at our men's group came up with a very interesting thing he found online, because this, this, this whole idea of girding up your loins is something that is mentioned in the Bible a lot, and it meant something. So if you want to, um, to, to find this, I'll have to pass it around, but uh, you can just Google how to gird up your loins, and there's a chart. That, that, uh, that, because what, what it talks about is that, um, you pass around, but these wear this flowing tunic like thing, which was comfortable in your walking, but if you're going to have to work or fight or run, it's so girding up your loins is gathering up all the extra material, pulling it in between your legs, out the back, and tying it in front, so now you can fight. Okay, that's what so girding up your loins means be prepared for the battle girt loins of your minds here. Okay. So it, it, it's, um, it's a funny website, too, because it has a bunch of manly stuff. You yeah. know, here's <laughs> how you know, girt, here do this the right way. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: there. And here's it as a
0: step-by-step uh, instruction what, what you're oh, doing. Yeah. So, girt, girting up your loins. <laughs> now, I should say that um, when Sorry, you're your bad. loins, this wasn't only a masculine thing, because. Women also wore flowing things like this. And yeah. It wasn't easier for them to to really move, so, so, <laughs> they, so uh, they would also have to gird up their loins to do work. Okay. So and when it says gird so up the loins with your brains. mind, it means okay. So you're you are now this this pilgrim people who live in Christ, and and the setting for that he's going he's alluded to the wilderness, the testing. He's alluded to, and you can allude to again, to Abraham, who was um, a pilgrim, which means a resident alien, which means he um, lived in an area where he had no lasting inheritance.
1: Not a
0: citizen.
1: Not a citizen.
0: Not a citizen. Right. So. So we have to set our mind on what's coming as we live as pilgrims in the world, uh, setting our resting hope fully upon the grace that has been brought you—the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Greek word there is "apocalypse," which means uncovering and the revealing. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to former lusts. Now, I also think that the ability to set your hope fully upon the revelation of Jesus at the end is um, also related to prayer because it, 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 as we live a life in relationship with him, as we receive the sacrament, the hope is in one sense realized right now. We are, um,
1: Receiving
0: Jesus, entering into union, communion. So it's real, it's temporary, but it's, so it's this current experience of prayer that we, in which we taste something that allows us to to, to understand and know uh, the fulfillment. And this is often proclaimed in the New Testament in terms of the Holy Spirit being what is called the first fruits, a down payment that God's gonna finish the work. And the down payment is you have something in your current experience that that puts you in touch with the reality of a completion. So again, it's not just an idea, hey, you really should do this because you know in your mind later on you're gonna get something, but you're already experiencing the reality of God's presence and this, this current experience that you're growing into is what fuels you going to say no to all the other And he talks about former lust is in your ignorance, which means the ignorance is thinking that that the thing you want apart from God is going to fulfill you. That's idolatry. And that's what the, those If you only see the world in a temporal frame, that's what you will think. I just need the fulfillment that comes in that frame. But when you understand the eternal dimension of things, you realize that the temporal thing can't give it to you, so your lust is no longer in ignorance. We still struggle with desires, but we know this isn't it. That's what he means by the ignorance. And he talks about, if he called you as holy, be holy in all your conduct. Um, Because it's written, be holy, fry, and holy. It's interesting, one, um, there's a number of references in the Old Testament to, um, where God says, be holy, fry, and holy. One is is, um, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. And what's interesting about Leviticus chapter eleven when we look at it is that it's a ceremonial chapter
1: telling Israel um
0: what what they can eat, what they can't eat, um what are unclean animals, what are clean animals, and uh how they're gonna be different from everyone around. Um And this external ritual diet, this external diet that God commanded, where you set themselves apart externally from the other people of the world, now becomes the internal cleansing, the cleansing of the heart that sets us apart from the world. Because we don't participate in the things the world participates in. Israel didn't eat the things the world ate, but that's in an external way. Now it's, it's, but this is the purification of desire. We don't desire the things the world desires or pursue them. That's, um, that's what it means to be holy. So the, so the inner purification of the spirit, I guess I would, I would the point is, fulfills this, this exterior holiness of the Torah that, that conscripted certain behaviors. And um, there we are. Um, I'm going to write down for myself where I stopped. Okay. Uh,
1: Which is
2: where?
0: One fifteen. We'll start at One
1: sixteen each time. It's sixteen.
0: One, one thing to, to look at for next time, if you want to, uh, is going to, um, well, actually get to chapter two next time. I'll, I'll put you up, But there is, he's going to get up to the, uh, it, it struck me that this, in chapter two, the, the laying of the cornerstone, elect and precious, um, is really used a lot in the Bible. Psalm 118, verse 22, Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. um, Romans 9.33, so so that, that prophecy that he's going to draw in will expand out on that, so you can uh, look at some of those verses.
1: Let's pray. The
0: Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us, be gracious unto us. The Lord lift that this countenance upon us, give us peace this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I'm with you all live. in person.
2: It's not the same, though, not being with you. <laughs> but it sure is nicer in, the, in, in your study.
1: <laughs> That's why
2: I got half of both.
0: good see you.
2: Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Are you
0: going to get into... The beauty of holiness, next week, you oh, know, to be holy as I'm holy, Yes. Yeah, and
1: yeah, I not yeah. the first person. Well, i
0: you I'm,
1: I'm sorry, right. right. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so your daughter is single, Yes, <laughs> it is. is. It is. On the and for a little bit, Dick uh, and Bob, Doug. Oh, oh so you're talking
0: about all the yes. all the aspects um, of suffering.
1: He lives here too, for a little bit. Very
0: enlightened, he's but he's in Texas still, right? Okay. Do you understand why we don't want to do it. I
1: don't know, really I don't do know.
0: Yes, yes. he does. Right. So,
1: and, and that's right. why you wound up there. And, and, the
0: more, and more and more, becoming aware of the easy way leads to more suffering. Yeah. and, and you really really yeah. Tom yeah. Lives
1: absolutely. with absolutely. Absolutely. their suffering. Sure little yeah. yeah. like yeah. four-year-old. Yeah. But, um, they're still with them, They have quite a so I the arrangement was they were going to have their own little in the lower school level. So they had like a little apartment there for them. So she's fun, you know? she, I, if she, if she, think would,
2: of, if if in, at all, she, she, she doesn't need her. Doesn't okay. okay. yeah. yeah. Did you
1: see
0: this? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, all kinds of things. <laughs> um, we don't have any I'm set. Here. No, oh, this, no, this the is theme. the theme of the next lunch. It's, it's, it's much easier for
1: me to Love,
0: nice
2: because Sunday. it's in February, but mm-hmm. there's going to be French food, so that'll be lovely. Oh. And um And, you know, beautiful decorations that Becca
1: will see you. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. This is the same. Yeah. Come join us sometime. Well, thank you. Yeah, be my guest. Uh, well, thank, you. thank yeah. you. I'll buy you lunch one day. Come join us. I just don't like it, Tom, and whatever. No, um, after you mentioned that to me, we're just, oh no. Are we still on?
0: Yeah, I see Nancy's still there. Hi, Nancy.
1: Should I turn this off, or would yeah, that be improvised? Yeah, we see. the, um, uh, we're still on. This one, we'll find you in here.